0: Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, Life and Confidence Coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life join me for soulful yet straight talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best version of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello, and a beautiful, big, warm welcome back to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I am your host, Evie, and today I am joined by Nicole Alessios. Nicole is a money mindset coach and speaker. She is passionate about helping women find their voice so that they can have easier money conversations with themselves and with their clients. Nicole believes in women creating the confidence to ask for their value, as when women make more money, entire communities benefit from their generosity. How powerful is that? Today we are talking all things money mindset, and Nicole's going to take us through the different money mindset personalities, and how you can really use the strengths of your personality to your advantage. Nick talks about how you can price yourself and ask for your value, how to create a more abundant money mindset, and so much more. Nicole is a real powerhouse, and I am absolutely delighted to share her wisdom with you all today. So without further ado, here is the one and only Nicole Alessios. Hello beautiful Nick and welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you here.
1: Hello beautiful Evie. Thank you so much for having me here. We are here finally after a few little and I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: (laughs) Many, many technical difficulties, but it's so good to finally be here, and uh, fingers crossed this all comes through really well for the listeners, because I know we have so much goodness to talk about today, so I'm really excited to dive in.
1: Me too, I'm so excited to dive in.
0: Yay! Alrighty, my dear. Let's start with a dose of inspiration. And can you tell us your favorite quote and why? Mm, Sure. So this is a tough one
1: because I've got lots of favorite quotes, but this one came to me in the shower where lots of good thoughts come. And (laughs) it's, it's the one that it's really simple, but I feel it's really impactful and it speaks to It speaks to so many women, which is who I support, and that is that asking is the beginning of receiving. Asking is the beginning of receiving. And I think that's the reason why that speaks so strongly is often when we think of money, we think about asking for money and asking for this, and it can feel really daunting and overwhelming, but you don't have to start off with asking for money. You can ask for time, ask for space, ask for some boundaries. So that's the one that speaks to me. Today, asking is the beginning of receiving.
0: Wow, I love that quote. I haven't heard of that, but it makes total sense mm. and uh, a beautiful segue into today's conversation. Thank you for sharing that.: My Pleasure. So before we dive into talking all things money mindset, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Nick, and how you came to do this work? I'm really curious about what led you here, um, you know, into this work around money mindset and empowering women to have money conversations with ease. Sure. Um, What led me here? Wow. That's... um...
1: That's a big question, isn't it? So, I came from a corporate background and I left the corporate workforce and started to do some HR or human resources advisory work. But I found myself really leaning into coaching and really enjoying that organizational development bend, which is basically helping people harness their talents in the workplace. And I love that so much. And then, I guess, timing. I ended up enrolling in a program where I was exposed to all the money personalities. Now, the money personalities, which I'm going to share so much more about as we, as we chat is, um, is the work of the incredible Kendall Summerhawk. So Kendall Summerhawk is a money mindset coach. And I remember hearing about the money personalities and just really going, Oh, that sounds really fascinating. I'm so curious. And so I enrolled in the program, enrolled in her course, and I found myself really suddenly being able to angle where I wanted my business to go. So at the time I was sort of just following, following the seeds or following the crumbs as we say, as, as we all do when we start mm-hmm. off in business, you know, just sort of going where we're led. And then I suddenly, when I learned about my money personality, and about all the money personalities, it sort of started to make sense as to what pathway is best aligned for me and my my Mm. personality. So it helped me to really um, simplify my business offerings and my business model. And then I started to use it on my clients and I started to see how helpful it was for them when they were able to simplify their conversations in the workplace um, whether that be with direct reports or with their bosses or if you're in business with clients. And I sort of started to realise, hang on, this is where I need to be focusing. Um, this is where I need to be focusing my energy and my
0: work. So that's, in short, where how it came about. Mm, love that. Thank you for sharing. It's so fascinating and curious. I love uh, that you've just followed the breadcrumbs and listened to what feels really good for you what you were called to do. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. So do you want to dive into those money personalities? When I heard you speak about this um some time ago, I was mm. just so curious. I've sure. never heard of this concept before. Sure. So I would love to know more about them and, uh, and maybe a few characteristics of the, the different types.
1: Of course, sure. So I think it's um it's important to preface that you know, we all have, um, there are eight money personalities and we all have all eight money personalities within us. However, we make a lot of our default decision-making based on our number one money personality. So what I mean by that is, is that a lot of our reactionary decisions are led by our number one personality. And then we look at personality two and three, when we're looking at creating perspective or trying different, exploring different opportunities. And, you know, when we understand that we're leading with our number one personality, we can sort of start to see where our strengths are and also where our blocks are. And by blocks I mean our money trip hazards. So to simplify that further, it's where is fear or how is fear, not where, how is fear most likely going to manifest for you if X is your number one money personality? and it's different for all eight. And I think it's, um, and I'll just share with like how this helped me. It was just really easy for me to understand what my number one was and what my money trip hazards were as I was creating my business so that I could navigate with that fear in mind, not try and suppress that fear like we think we need to sometimes and just try and go forth and conquer without it but rather know how to bring it with me in the best way possible whilst at the same time really leveraging the gifts of my number one personality. So yeah so it's a bit juicy it's all a bit juicy and a bit meaty so I will go (laughs) through all eight and I want you to remember that as I'm going through eight, I'll just give you a couple of points on each one. As I'm going through each one, you might find that you're hearing yourself go, oh, that sounds like me. or that sounds like me as well. And that's really normal. And that's because we have all eight within us. But what we want to hear for is which one sounds most like you? Which one sounds most like you? And obviously, I think, Evie, you're going to pop in the show notes later about how people, how listeners can find what their number one is, should they wish. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. So
1: would you like me to go through, I was thinking of this, I'll go through each one, one to eight. And would you like me to talk about strengths in the workplace or or workplace or work,
0: work related strengths for each? Yeah, that sounds amazing. I think, um, yeah, if we can link them to what, yeah, what the strengths are either in your Employed role in, uh-huh. in the workplace uh-huh. or maybe even your business if, if some of the listeners have their own businesses.
1: Of course. Beautiful. All right. So I'm going to start with alpha in alphabetical order. So our first money personality is the accumulator. And the accumulator is the inner banker. So basically, they're really detailed and they're really fastidious with their money management skills. And in fact, their money management skills are the envy of so many. And that's because they do money really well. And by that I mean is that they're very transparent and they're very clear. So basically our accumulator is looking very closely at what is coming in and what is coming out. Now, our accumulators aren't tempted by things outside their budget. So for an accumulator, they're not tempted by a handbag that they might not be able to afford. They simply know where When something is within their budget and it's not, and they're not really moved by much out of that space. So people often will come to the accumulator for off the record financial advice. You might find that as an accumulator, you don't like debt. You're not really into debt and you're really about just keeping things really simple, clear, clean, and transparent when it comes to your finances. So as an accumulator, what's great is that you love detail. So if you're in the workplace, you're incredible at anything that's analytical, anything that's detailed and analytical, you're great at. So you will find where there's gaps in detail. So where something doesn't make sense, something's not clear, something's not transparent enough, you will find it. So I, and then when it comes to business, our accumulator is incredible at They're really good at proofing and basically making sure things are as they need to be. So I often have accumulator um, friends look at my sales pages or look at my social media or look at things that I perhaps won't spend a lot of time nutting through the detail. So that's our accumulator. So you're really detailed, really integrous, really transparent great in the workplace with anything that requires detail or quality control and also great in business with anything that requires detail and quality control. And now we're going to move on to our gorgeous alchemist. Our beautiful alchemist is our creative. So they are They're basically our inner idealists and alchemists are creative, expressive, and they care a lot about social justice and making a movement. So more so about social justice and making a movement than money. And our alchemists can be people who are getting creative downloads all the time. So if you're an alchemist, you might find that you are constantly just churning ideas. They're coming at you all the time, which is incredible And you also might find that you don't follow through with a lot of the ideas as well. And that might get really frustrating for you at times. I think, though, it's important to remember that your gifts as an alchemist is your idea or is your ability rather to generate ideas so quickly. And it's actually not in the completion. So I think it's important that we look at where the gifts lie. So for our alchemists. You're an ideas machine. You're an ideas machine. So in the workplace, you're so innovative, so creative. You're not necessarily going to be the person who's going to project manage the team and see things through from ideation to implementation. That's not your job, though. Your job is to generate the idea. And the same applies in business as well. You know, I work with a lot of alchemists. So alchemists and accumulators are my target market. And there can be often this feeling, especially amongst, you know, women who are alchemists, like, oh, here we go again. I'm starting something. I haven't finished it yet. And I think it's important to remember that the finish, the completion is not, is not where your gifts need to lie as an alchemist, but rather you are a flame starter. So you start things, anything creative, And next we have our celebrity. So our celebrity is our celebrity, what it sounds. You love validation and recognition and you love being the center of attention and in the spotlight. And you really value what money can do. So our celebrities love belonging as part of a group. So, and it's called celebrity for a reason. So if you imagine, you know, you like to wear your designer brands or your bags, you like to be recognized And in the workplace, you present incredibly well. And you also, you know how to, you know how to command attention and you know how to lead because you've got an energy about you that people want to follow. And it's really important to lean into that energy and that charisma because not everyone has it. You might think that everyone has it, but they don't. And the same applies if you're in business and you're a celebrity. Yes, you have beautiful taste. And all of that stuff, but you also have a really high benchmark for quality. So as a service provider or a service or a product provider, so as a business owner, rather, you have a really high benchmark for what quality looks like. So your service or your customer service or your customer experience will be super duper high as a celebrity. And yeah, lean into that. Next up, we have our connectors connectors are one of my favorites as well. So our connectors are, they're our inner relationship creator. And I often liken connectors to incredible salespeople because, you know, we know that everything is, everything is a sale, whether you're selling in the workplace, whether that's selling your idea or you're selling a thought or an idea to your partner or your family, or you're selling your thought your gifts or your ideas to a client. Everything is a sale. And I know when I say, um, sale and women that can feel a little bit unusual, but as women, we are natural connectors and connectors are really integrous people and they help people feel seen, heard, and understood. People feel really comfortable to be who they are around connectors. So in the workplace, You're incredible at making sure everyone is, everyone feels included. Everyone is included as part of that project, as part of whatever you're working on. And in business, a connector is incredible at making things happen and really helping people to, you know, come together and bounce off each other's strengths and gifts Next up, we have Maverick. So Maverick is actually my number one money personality. And the Maverick is really into entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship. And they're probably the most entrepreneurial out of all the money personalities in that they don't love process. They're not really into process like our accumulators who who we discussed earlier. They They can acknowledge the detail, but they're not that into it. They don't see it as that important. They really enjoy strategy and high level. So as a Maverick, you are going to challenge the norm. You're going to do things differently. You're not going to be bound by process. And so you might find that the workplace can feel a little bit stifling for you. However, you might find that business feels quite free and creative and quite exciting for you. So Mavericks are are often drawn also to becoming the hero for the underdog. So they are quite tenacious, but they also have a really soft side as well. And then we have our nurturer. So our nurturer is our inner sponsor. So basically, our nurturers love to give. They love to support others to stand out. And this might feel very familiar if you're a woman, if you're listening and you're a woman who's constantly used to giving to other people because it feels amazing and you just love it and you don't mind and you don't mind doing so until perhaps you feel tired, exhausted, resentful, not valued and that that's our nurturer. So our nurturer is incredible at supporting and sponsoring other people to really step up into their level or into their next level. So whether that be in the workplace or whether that be in business, in a coaching job or in any kind of advisory role, nurturer the nurturer is really incredible at helping you to helping others realize their potential. They do just need to be mindful of of exhausting themselves in the process. They just need to be mindful that caring that. Caring for others is amazing, but caring for yourself, empowering yourself is the ultimate way to care for others. Because when we look after ourselves, we show other people what is possible for them as well. And now we have romantic. So romantic's incredible. So romantic are a little bit like our celebrity. They love, they love the feel of luxury, but they also love. They love the feel of luxury, but they also love ease. So unlike the celebrity who loves being recognized and validated for their branding and their status, our romantic loves those things if it's convenient for them. So an example might be a romantic a celebrity might go to a day spa that's really well known, really renowned. Whereas our romantic might be happy to go to a day spa that's up the road, it's convenient, and that's just going to work for them. But they both still like the day spa. They both do love to treat themselves. Our romantic loves luxury, but they also love ease. So this is incredible in the workplace because guess what? If you are doing a project and it's got 15 processes and everyone's just following the rules, your romantic's going to come through and just cut processes out that don't exist or that they don't feel unnecessary because they like to do things easily and easefully. Now, you might have been told as a romantic that you're lazy and it's not done like that and, you know, it's not, things aren't always easy, but don't believe that. Don't buy into those stories. You are all about ease and there's nothing wrong with making things easier. So you can do that in the workplace like what we just said or you can do it in your own business. You know, you can choose to teach people how to simplify, simplify areas of their life or business. And that's a really beautiful strength that our romantic has. And lucky last is our ruler. So our ruler is our inner empire builder. And she is, and I say she, because I liken them to women, but obviously are, can be male or female. She, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she is an empire builder and she's a woman on a mission. So she is go go go. Our empire builder, our ruler is a ruler is not one to sit on the sidelines. So if she's got an idea, she wants to implement it now. She's not going to be thinking about it, mulling over it for too long, wondering if she should implement it. She's going to jump in and give it 150%. So it's not uncommon to find rulers leading teams leading teams and really climbing um climbing those career that that career ladder quite confidently at the same time it's not uncommon to see a ruler in business doing multiple things at once right she likes to bite off a lot and something we want to be mindful of with our ruler she's an empire building queen and she has big visions of Having her friends, family, all these people working within her empire. So a beautiful visual for a ruler is building an empire where everyone is thriving and that her empire is, like I said, helping her friends, employing her friends and family and all these incredible people that she surrounds herself with. So she's got big visions, which she can make happen. We just want to be mindful that as a ruler, you don't burn yourself out. And you don't exhaust yourself because it's important to remember that it's really hard to build an empire if you're exhausted. And in fact, it's not really sustainable. And this one is really important, I feel, for so many women where we feel like there's this glorification around the word busy. You know, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Whether we're busy at work or busy in our businesses or busy at home, that's often, that can be our inner ruler going go, 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 go. And although that's incredible, when the pendulum swings to the shadow side of the ruler, it can lead to exhaustion and it can lead to a real scarcity mindset where you start to feel guilty for having a break and or you can't switch off or you've taken two weeks off over Christmas and you just don't feel rested because your brain just is ticking over about work. And we just want to be really mindful that as a ruler, you are just giving yourself opportunities for deep rest and restoration, because you can build that empire and you will. We just want to make sure that it's built on really sustainable
0: foundations. Mm, So fascinating, Nick. Thank you for sharing all of those. My pleasure. And just to reiterate we'll link the quiz that you have created Nick uh in the show notes so people can go find out what their money personality is it's so fun um can you maybe talk to maybe a couple of the common ones that you see playing out um in your clients or in your community and women perhaps and then just relating it back to, um, I guess our money mindset. And you mentioned earlier that we can obviously play to our strengths as you've so beautifully demonstrated and mentioned, but how does it also link to how we relate to money and yeah, how we can thrive?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I guess the biggest, um, the biggest money blocks that I encounter from my clients, um, and women who are inquiring to work with me, it's, I don't know how to price myself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to price myself. So that's probably the main one. And the second one would be that there is multiple service offerings and they're feeling overwhelmed. So I'll talk to the first one and they're both kind of related. So that first one being of, I don't know how to price myself. It's that notion that, It's not really I don't know how to price myself. It's really I'm too scared to price my value because I don't know if I'm worth Mm. that. So it masquerades as I don't know how to price myself, but it's quite different, you know, and really interesting. um, I had a chat with one of my clients today and she's one of my new clients. She's joined my, my mastermind and she said to me, we went, we nutted out a program and she's got quite a few fears around what money she's going to call in. She's an accumulator money personality. So she's very detailed about what's coming in and what's going out. And she's also, because she's so detailed about what's coming in and what's going out, she's mindful that other people look at their finances in the same way. And she often feels that because she's so strict within her budget and I shouldn't say she it's accumulators in general can be really strict with their budgets and they might have savings they might have all this cushion but they're they're not tempted by a great deal like we said the handbag they're not tempted by things like another money personality might be if they can't afford it so they think that other people think the same as them so you might find if you're leading with your accumulator you might find that you think other people can't afford you right now or investing in you is not a priority right now or your boss there's no budget right now in the company so we start to make all of these assumptions right and I guess the biggest mistake we can make whether we are working for ourselves or working with other people it's making assumptions about what people do with their money because it's not really any of our business how other people choose to spend their money and when I say other people, it's the individual or the company. But rather, what's, what is our business? Our business is really about connecting to our value and communicating and asking. You heard me say my favourite quote, asking mm-hmm. is the beginning of receiving. Ask for what you want. Don't assume that people can't afford this and they can't afford that. You know, we can make a lot of assumptions around what people can afford And that's just scarcity creeping in and that's fear trying to lead you. And you get to choose whether you want fear to lead you or whether you're going to go, you know what, I'm doing work that I feel destined to do and I'm going to spend some time really connecting with my value and what my gifts are. And then I'm going to learn how to communicate that to the Mm -hmm. best of my ability right now in this moment. And keeping in mind that we don't have to take big leaps to suddenly, you know, ask for 50%, a 50% pay rise or double our prices overnight. We don't have to take big leaps because obviously they can be really quite scary, but it's about leaning in and going, okay, what can I do today to leverage my potential more so? So to loop that back, I would say, Don't follow fear. You know, don't follow fear. Ask yourself, and when I say don't follow fear, don't assume that people can't afford you or that people can't afford this or people can't afford that. Instead, you know, connect with what you want. Really connect with what you want. And we spend a lot of time trying to run away from, you know, what we don't want or what we're afraid of or what people are going to say. We think about rejection and we devote a lot of energy to those thoughts, and that's all fear. But I really encourage you to devote some energy to what you do Mm. want. What do you want? Do you want to invest in that program? Do you want to take a sidestep from your job and try something different that you're afraid, that you're ordinarily afraid, that you'd ordinarily be afraid to try? Would you like to start a side hustle? You know, and really ask yourself what you would like to do. All the while being mindful that fear will come in throughout all of this and go who do you think you are who do you think you are who do you think you are and we've all experienced that of course haven't we so I would say I would say it's fear about pricing thinking that people can't afford them is probably the absolute biggest one and what happens when we think people can't afford us that leads to problem number two which is I'm going to create something that's affordable so we go from program or option one And we go, you know, hey, Evie, I've got this program. Would you like to buy it? And let's just say you go, oh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's the right time for me. That's expensive. Or do you have something else? And we say, no problem. I'll create another one for you. That's cheaper. And a few of those conversations, next thing you know, we've got four or five services flying around, right? And there we don't have simplicity. And remember, you know, money loves clarity. Money loves clarity. And we have next in it, we have so many things flying around and it can feel really overwhelming. And not only is it overwhelming from, I guess, a a project management perspective, but it's also overwhelming because we're actually in scarcity. And the reason we're in scarcity is because as soon as someone says, I can't afford you and you react to that fear, you're in fear. So when someone says, I can't afford you, it's really your job to maintain your value. And bring them up to your level. And they will meet you at your level if they're ready to. And you might go, well, how how do I do that? It means not buying into their fear. Because when someone's about to engage in you or invest in you, they're afraid, they're scared. We're all scared when we're about to invest in something. We feel like we're just jumping off the cliff a little bit. There's like that little bit of a, you know, and it's about just reassuring people that you are a safe investment and holding your value as opposed to going, oh, my God, they said I'm so expensive. Maybe they're right. Shit, I'm, I'm, some money is better than no money. I'm just going to offer, you know, I'm going to ask them what would they like to pay what can they afford and go from there. That's fear meeting fear. And we really don't, that really doesn't lead to, um, well, it's not an abundant mindset, but it's also not conducive to the outcome that either party would like. So let's just say you decide to cut your prices because so someone can afford you and you engage in that. You feel maybe good momentarily because you've done that, you've helped someone, but over the course of working together, what happens is that resentment builds up, that there's a misalignment of energy. And guess what? When you're in that misaligned energy, guess what's getting mirrored right back to you from your client? Misaligned energy from them as well. Whereas when you're able to hold your value high and go look this is the price this is the price and this is why it's the price if you feel like you have to have that conversation I put a lot of you know it's been considered and this is the package and this is what I know to be true when I teach it this is why it's so long um, you give people the opportunity to have a think about that and if they choose to challenge you again you know you're you are able to say you know perhaps you should revisit this conversation you know when you're in a position um where you'd like to, you know, fully commit to the process because it has been thought out for this reason. And you'll find that that there's a boundary that I've just enforced there that you probably heard. But I'm maintaining my value. And you will find, and my clients find this as well. People will either meet you or they'll decide they're not ready. And I think it's important to remember I teach sales. I still get told no you know, and I think it's important to be really transparent with that. And the reason why you might get told no, it's because that's life. When people are not ready to meet you at your highest level, they're actually not ready to step into their highest level, not yet anyway. And it's just not that time for them right now. It doesn't mean that it might not be that time for them in a few months. I've had, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Evie, you know, you speak with people and they come back to work with you six months later or three months later.
0: Totally.
1: And it's just about holding space for that to happen. So when you hold your space in your highest value, you basically empower other people to rise up to their highest value as well. Whereas when we're constantly dipping in and out of fear, dropping our prices, the energy is not actually safe for other people to come and invest in you. It feels, um, it just doesn't feel stable and sustainable for people to come and invest in you.
0: That's such an interesting conversation. So much goodness in there, Nick. Thank you. I mean, a lot of what I hear you say in there is like a big piece around self-worth and believing in your worth and your value and what you have to offer, whether that's you as a person uh, or you in your business. So I guess... um, you know what would you say to to that, and how can we create a more positive or abundant mindset in our personal world, it, whether you know we have a business or not? Like I, I see that that conversation could also be related to whether I invest in myself, or whether I buy myself that thing, or whether I book myself that massage or something rather. What would you say there? Mm, mm.
1: I think, you know, when we're talking about creating that abundant mindset for ourselves. I think I like to look at it as, you know, creating a new money story and I think that's really about stepping into what you do want, you know, stepping into what you do want. You know, we hear often people saying I hate this about my job, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't want this, I don't want that and that's really leading with scarcity and i would really encourage whoever's listening if you're in that space you know we've all been there and it's so normal i would really encourage you to write a new money story for yourself and the best way the best place to start with that is to decide that you're ready to rewrite a new money story for yourself and when you make that decision there's it's it's about committing to doing some I like to call it emotional admin work and just committing to that yeah yeah we all know that it's the stuff that no one wants to do that you have to do but basically really committing and going you know what I'm ready for something new I'm actually sick of this I'm ready to really leverage and hone in on what my value is I don't know where to start but I'm going to start by visualizing what I want I'm really going to start by visualizing what I want and if you're thinking oh, I don't know what I want that's okay start by thinking about if you put yourself in a really relaxed state and close your eyes imagine what it feels like walking into work every day is walking into work walking into your spare bedroom is it walking into an office is it walking into a theater is it where is it you know and from there just allow yourself allow your mind to wonder and really feel in to what you do want and don't worry about the details and your title and all that kind of stuff, because that will come, you know, focus on where you're walking to for work. And like I said, are you walk into a train station or you walk, where are you going to your car or to your spare bedroom? What are you wearing? And really from there, you'll start to hone in on what it is that you want to be doing. Um, what it is that you want to be doing for work and then feel in, feel into that. Really mm. feel into that and go from there. And from there, I would say fear is gonna come up. Fear of I can't do this. Who can how can I do this? And I would really encourage you to make friends with mm. fear. That's probably the best the best thing I can advise. Make friends with fear. Fear is a real thing. And you know, I know you talk about this so beautifully, Evie. I think there's a lot of conversation around getting rid of fear, you know, in order to go to that next step, do this work, get rid of your fear. And it just doesn't work. Like you need to, you need to learn to sit in the duality of fear and abundance at the same time and get used to that. Because there's no such thing as, you know, lining everything up beautifully and then taking that, you know, that incredible next
0: step. Yeah. I love that you bring up fear so much in this, and and like you say, I love talking about the inner critic, which is essentially that fear-based voice in our minds, our ego, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's so often the thing that holds people back from so much in their world, in their lives, whether that be the money, the abundance, the job, the relationship, the house, whatever, um, or how they're feeling on the inside about themselves, and so, yeah, absolutely, make friends with fear, or at least you know, develop a relationship where you can comfort it some, somewhat, you know, dial it down slightly and, mm. and you know, take mm. courageous action despite the fear, like being really strong on that, that vision of what you're wanting and then saying, you know, yes, it's scary and stretchy and it's out of my comfort zone, but my desire for it and my vision is far greater than the fear.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that, like, you know, we all experience fear. It doesn't matter what level of business or success or what level of career you're at, we experience fear. And, you know, I think David Nagel coined this term, you know, new level, new devil. And it's been rewritten a lot of times now to say new level, old devil. So new level, meaning anytime you're embarking on an up level, those fears will come back. And it's usually the same fears, Right. And the fears might be, I feel like an imposter. I don't feel like I know enough. I don't feel like I have the right education. I don't know how to price myself. I don't know. I don't know if people can afford this. And you'll see, you'll start to sense when you get close to your fears, you'll start to sense the stories that will keep coming up. And they're usually the same ones. And it's really about getting close to those stories, getting familiar with them and really doing the work around navigating through those stories, navigating through them and knowing what you need to do to bring fear along with you. Because remember, fear is trying to protect you. It thinks it's saving your life. And, you know, fear will protect you if you are in an alleyway late at night and you encounter antisocial behaviour. Fear is going to make you run. A positive affirmation won't help you in that moment, but fear will. So fear has a place. We don't want to get rid of it, right? But we just want to acknowledge that we are. our lives are not in danger, you know, if we're going to be trying something different. Are we maybe going to get rejected? Are we maybe going to be told no? Potentially, yes, but is that going to, is that, does that mean our lives, our life is in danger? No. And it's important to sort of, you know, have that conversation
0: with fear and bring it along for the ride. Yeah. Love that. Totally agree. And what was coming to me as you're sharing that was something that Julie Parker shared with us when we were doing all my coaching training with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. And she uh, said that sometimes and we can we can almost flip the perspective and say that what if fear actually was a wonderful indicator that we're in the right direction, that we're going in the right direction rather, yes. or that we're in the right place. Absolutely. Because essentially what we're saying is that when we're encountering fear, it means that we're growing and we're expanding and we're moving past our comfort zone and Absolutely. and that's what life's about right is evolving and growing and up leveling and Absolutely. so so often there's more fear attached to the things that we want more or that we're desiring more um it's just also yeah sometimes that's just another little uh um, mindset flip yes. or perspective shift around the fear and and seeing it as maybe it means that I'm in the right place here
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you describe that. We explain that so beautifully. Fear is just saying, hey, you've not been here before. Like careful. Mm. Like, whoa, you might get rejected. People are going to laugh at you. What are you doing? You know, and that's our internal dialogue because we're in a new arena. You know, we're not walking. We're not walking to the kitchen. It's not saying be careful when you walk to the kitchen, right? Because you do that every day. So yeah, yeah, it's really about just, saying to fear hey all good like
0: we're trying something new we are trying Mm. something new yeah so Nick is there anything else you'd like to add around how we can create more empowering money mindsets sure
1: um how can we create a more empowering money mindset I think the best thing or okay this is probably my favorite one And that is practice self-forgiveness often.
0: Oh, practice.
1: Yeah. you probably weren't expecting me to say that one. (laughs) So
0: keep going.
1: Practice forgiveness often. So what does that mean? It means that we've got to let go of perfection and sometimes we can get stuck thinking we need to have the perfect price right now. We need to have the perfect package right now. We need to have the perfect conversation right now. We need to do all these things and or. It's not the right time right now because it's just I'm going to be too tired or things are not going to fit as they should be. And I think it's about just going with the flow. And when we do go with the flow, often we'll find that things happen in seasons, right? So it's either all happening all at once or things are quiet. And often when that's happening, there is room for error, right? You might be, you know, perhaps you don't have perhaps you don't have the most consistent energy to apply to your work all the time you were not robots I guess is what I'm saying and I think it's important that we actively practice self-forgiveness all the time mm-hmm. because what that does is it says I'm releasing perfection I'm releasing perfection and I'm leaning into self-trust because you know perfection is external it's external it sits with our ego And it's all part of the human experience. But self-trust is saying, you know, I trust that I'm here for a reason. And this opportunity has been presented for a reason. And this is my best right now under the circumstances. And that's okay. This is my best right now under the circumstances. And that's okay. Will there be stuff ups? Yes, I promise. (laughs) There'll be plenty. But what we're not wanting to do is we're not wanting to get hung up on those mistakes or those stuff ups because mm. they happen and trying to trying to create a really rigid mindset about you know perfectionistic thinking that really inhibits our growth and creativity because when we're in black and white thoughts we there's no room for innovation and creativity we can't be in fear we can't be in fear and be thinking, we can't be leading with fear rather. We can't be leading with fear and also be open to receiving at the same time. It just won't work. Yeah. And it just energetically, it just doesn't work. So self-forgiveness is my probably my my biggest one that I like to practice. So I'll share with you, I've got a really full week this week. I've had lots of speaking stuff on, client calls, and I kind of not prepared myself that something was going to give, but I could have slipped into scarcity really quite easily and gone, oh my goodness, there's so much going on. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Now, if I was to ask myself, why might I be feeling overwhelmed? That would be because I couldn't do everything perfectly right? That's what fear would lead me to believe. You can't do everything perfectly. You've got so much on, Mm. but the reality is, is I'm human. So, and things have presented and they've, they've, they've presented themselves and I'm going to do my best. Now we are, we're at Wednesday. We had tech glitches today, Evie that, that we spent ages on, I had to push out an appointment for an hour. These things happen. I had tech glitches. I was presenting at an International Women's Day conference. I had tech glitches there as well. You know, that stuff happens. And I actually looked at myself after I did the presentation. I've got two different earrings on. That I was, like, <laughs> I was like, that must be like the online business version of wearing two different shoes. So I've got... <laughs> So I've got two different earrings on. And I'm like, okay, I've got two different earrings on today. Cool. Like that's just it. that's where it's at, you know. And you've just got to go with it. And, you know, I always yeah. sort of say something and I go, look, I trust that I also double booked one of my clients. There was a um I double booked a client because I got the time zone wrong because it was two different time zones. And I double booked a new client, which obviously it's not ideal. Mm. And you know, I could have done the whole, sorry, 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 you know, and bet myself, beat myself up about it. And, you know, but the reality is I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, what can you do? You know, like things happen, you know, you apologize and you've got to get on with we're human. And I think it's important that to remember that if you are socially minded and someone who gives grace to a lot of other people, which I imagine a lot of your listeners are Evie, Give yourself the gift of grace as well. Yeah. Give, yeah. gift that to yourself first, because when you do, you'll just expand. You know, you'll you'll step into more expansive energy. And remember, our energy isn't something that's finite. We don't have like this limited amount. When we choose to step away from fear and step into soul, our energy is quite infinite. But it's only when mm. we're in scarcity. And we—that's when fear's leading. That we go, oh my god, I don't have time. I'm sc- I'm going to be so tired by three o'clock. I'm gonna, I'm g- not going to be able to go to the gym. I'm not going to be able to do that. And we start to slip into scarcity, thinking that you know we're we're going to be tired or things are going to happen and we're not going to be able to deliver. So self forgiveness is probably my biggest um, and one of my most favorite um, money mindset hacks because mm-hmm. we can apply it to the past, you know, we've all got money stories, um, whether that be stories in regards to the workplace or our businesses or our clients. And we can also apply it to the present, you know, where perhaps we have to set some boundaries in place. Perhaps we've overcommitted and we've had to say, look, I'm really sorry I committed there, but I actually don't have capacity for that right now. And, you know, practicing self-forgiveness around anything that you need to change because you're allowed to do whatever you want your business your life your way so i think self forgiveness is a really powerful one
0: mm, i love that so much thank you so much for sharing My makes pleasure. total total sense um i mean another word that was coming to me is like self compassion but similar yes. right it's like bringing the Sorry. humanness of you back getting exactly. back into that expansive energy of abundance of love and back into heart and soul as opposed to sticking in fear absolutely
1: Absolutely. Mm. and we give that like we said we give that to so many other people what would happen if you gave that gift to yourself yeah you know what would happen what would happen if you gave that gift to yourself and if you don't give it to other people you know I would ask yourself well, why not why don't you give it to other people because you know it's we need grace we need to embrace grace and forgiveness in order for our world in order to be in a world that's socially minded we need to lead with that humility as well so why not start with us first
0: so beautiful I love that so much we're going to shift gears slightly now Nick and talk a little bit about some of my uh, questions that I love to ask all of my guests on the podcast Ooh. the first being uh, what have been some of the most game-changing habits practices or rituals that you've done that have made a, a big difference on your own personal journey and I feel For like sure. I know what you're gonna say here what's that <laughs> what do you think I'm going to yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. Self-forgiveness, a hundred percent. And I think knowing my money gifts and knowing my blocks um, yeah. is really important. So I, yeah. um I used to sort of, I'm not an accumulator and, but I've got a lot of accumulators around me and I had a lot of accumulators around me in my workplace. So I used to sort of go, why aren't I like that? Why don't I monitor all the details? Why don't, you know, you start to do that. And I think when I realized what my gifts are, and what my what my money blocks or money trip hazards are, I was able to go. Oh, that's not my jam. That's why. So it was yeah. really a easy for me to be able to. Um, yeah, I just I guess lean in, lean in, and trust myself a lot more. So knowing my money gifts and knowing my my money trip hazards definitely yeah. have been the most um, game changing habits for me.
0: Amazing. What does inner confidence mean to you? Beautiful.
1: For me, inner confidence means owning what you do well, owning what you do really well and being mindful that what you do really well, whether that is something that's a soft skill or a hard skill, whether it's something that contributes directly to the bottom line in someone's life or whether it's something that helps them with um, other areas of their life Really owning it, really owning what you do well and acknowledging that and connecting your value to that as opposed to looking at what everyone else is doing, which, like I said earlier, um, can be really easy to do when we don't know what we do well. And often the reason why we don't know why we do something really well is because it comes naturally to us. And we're like, that can't everyone do that? No, not everyone's into that. And they might be able to do it, but it doesn't mean they enjoy it. And I think, you know, what you enjoy and what you love, that is that's your gift. So acknowledging what you do well and also being mindful of what you what you perhaps don't do so well, and what you don't enjoy, you know what your money trip hazards are, and if you liken that knowing, if you liken that knowledge to like a car speedometer, where you know knowing your gifts might take you to you know eighty kilometers an hour, knowing your challenges and what you don't do well might take you to two hundred, and it's about creating that self awareness and going okay, so this is the areas that aren't great for me. Would I love to outsource here or do I want to spend a whole lifetime trying to fix all those things thinking that I need to be perfect or would I like to shine the torch on what I do do really well and what would happen if I did? What would happen if I suddenly stopped focusing on all the the little crappy pieces that I feel like I should do because someone else does them really well but I just can't get my head around them? What if I just said, you know what, that's not my jam and I focused on what I did do really well? Yeah. So that would be what inner confidence means to me, owning what you do well and acknowledging, you know, what what you don't do well, what you don't enjoy as much.
0: Yeah, love it, love it. What's one thing that your inner critic used to tell you all of the time that you can now see is just total BS?
1: Oh my God, this is such a good one. And um, <laughs> <laughs> putting me on the spot now. So I think um, I probably spoke to that a little bit when I said I used to be, I used to work around a lot of accumulators and mm-hmm. they're very um, detail orientated and you know, really fastidious with their details, super organized, really process, or process orientated with thinkers, which is incredible, um, especially in a corporate space. And as a maverick, that is not my strength. So my inner critic used to tell me all the time that now I know is total BS is that you just need to be more organized, like your accumulator like fellow accumulators you really need to do this you need to do that you need to write things down meticulously and that's total bs because as a maverick my one of my greatest strengths is doing things on the fly and i've always been like that so i cope really well under pressure so i'm not moved by too much and that's one of my gifts now as a maverick if i was to try and organize myself a month in advance Let's just say, let's just imagine the actual delivery would still be very different because I don't need that time. That's not where my strengths are. So my strengths are, I can do things quite quickly. I can do things quite quickly and I can lean into self-trust quite quickly. So I don't need a lot of planning. So I don't often plan my speaking engagements or plan my coaching calls or things like that. And often I still get fear check-in and go, oh, You've got a new client today. You should plan, you should have planned this. That's fear kicks in. And then I have to remind myself, no, my Maverick gift is I do my best work now. Like I bring it home now. Mm. So that would be total BS for me. And it's different
0: for all of us, right? Yeah. So, so fascinating. So, what's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Okay.
1: <laughs> what's one piece of advice I'd tell my younger self? I'd probably tell my younger self who was in a corporate office wondering why I couldn't be bothered with all these processes and systems uh, but thinking that I needed to be bothered, I'd probably say, don't sweat it. This place is really not for you and you are destined for work far greater than what these walls can offer you. You are Mm. destined for work far greater than what these walls can offer you. And stop trying to box yourself in to fit in.
0: Stop trying to box yourself in to fit in. Love that so much. And lucky last, if there was one thing, one message or one piece of wisdom that you would like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched, what would it be? This is really hard when you say one thing to a Greek person,
1: but I will try. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. What, I would comes say, to
0: you today? what
1: comes to me today? That's a great one. Now yeah. you're talking to my maverick. What do you feel like right now? Um, okay. I, I would say you have gifts, share them, choose to share them. You have yes. gifts, choose to share them. And I say the word choose because, you know, We are responsible for sharing our gifts with others. Now, when I say share them, that means maybe having that conversation with your boss around what you'd love to explore, what you're curious to know more about, or is there something that you'd love to share with your clients that you think isn't ready yet or that you don't, you're not quite there or you're not quite ready for, you don't have all the details about. You choose to share your gifts. So we all have gifts. So choose to share them.
0: Yes. Yes, and yes. share them,
1: and share them gener- and yeah, and share them generously. Mm. I think that's really important too.
0: Share your gifts generously. That is so beautiful, Nicole. I love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you wanted to add in before we close out?
1: Lean in to your soul's calling. And the best way to do that is to find some stillness and find some quiet in the everyday because fear will lead you to believe that you're too busy. You're too busy. You're too busy. And that's easy to get. It's easy to get stuck into that notion of I'm too busy to think, but it's a choice. And I like to use this with my clients. Your, if your 85 year old self was in a nursing home reflecting on his or her life would you feel satisfied with the way you've leveraged the gifts that you've been gifted? Would you feel satisfied? Would you feel like you've fully leveraged the gifts that you've been gifted? And if the answer is no, not really, then it's it's time to explore those gifts. It's really time to explore them. And the world's waiting for you. The world is waiting for you to share your gifts.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. So beautiful. So beautiful, Nick, where can the listeners find you? Where do you hang out? And we can link these in the show notes.
1: Amazing. I hang out over on Instagram. So my handle is Nicole Alessios and that's A-L-E-S-I-O-S, a nice Greek name, which is why I'm spelling it out for you. So I'm over on Instagram and yeah, come on over there. I share lots of I share lots of tips and tools around our money mindset and, yeah, I love hanging out on Instagram and I love a good DM. So mm-hmm. if you if you end up doing the quiz, send me a DM, let me know how you found it um, because I still don't get sick of hearing um, people's aha moments about about um, about their results. So everyone often gets a real kick out of their result, which really excites me. So come on over and let me know how you go and just come and say hi. Beautiful.
0: Thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart with us today, Nick. It's just been the best. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I just feel like it's going to be a beautiful eye opener to lots of people uh, listening to this episode. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Um, I love talking about this stuff, as you can tell. <laughs> um, so, so it was a real joy to be here with you, and I'm so excited Amazing. for the
0: listeners to for the listeners to hear this. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes, and that's over at EvelynKelly.co.nz forward slash podcast.